0: Now entering the Lucid Life Vibes portal. It is happening. That's right. It's happening right now. For the first time on Lucid Life Vibes podcast, I have a guest. I've been talking about this for quite some time. And if I had waited around for all of the other humans and brilliant minds who want to join me here on Lucid Life Vibes to join and work out our schedule and technology, it would have never happened. I would never even have a podcast. So I'm glad that I jumped in and this is podcast episode 20. Can you believe it? So to celebrate this 20th episode podcast, whether you're listening on Patreon or Spotify or whichever platform, welcome. I just want to take a moment to thank you for being here. And it is amazing just being a tiny little part along your path and your journey here on planet Earth. So today I thought we could talk about a few different topics and I want to introduce you to my first ever guest here on Lucid Life Vibes podcast and I've heard from so many of you the response over disclosure was huge so I'm going to bring back this whole topic of the earth's crust and disclosure with our guest today And we're going to talk a little bit about life path numbers and self-mastery and might just take a moment to dive into this whole idea of AI and chat GPT. So I'm glad you're here. Buckle up. You might want to put your foil hat back on for this one. Without further ado, I want to introduce you to Mike. He's also a Michael holding this whole vibration of Archangel Michael. And many of you resonate with that. Many of you know, my middle, my middle name is Michelle, and there's some resonance there. Mm -hmm. And so my first guest is actually my husband, Mike, and he is a life path master number 11. He is also a Taurus sun, a Virgo moon. So he is this double grounded self master earth energy. And he definitely balances out my cosmic star seed self who is triple fire. And what's interesting about our story together And how we magnify and balance one another is that I was born a life path number 10. And when we got married in the year 2000, I became this life path number 11, master 11, which is self mastery. But what's interesting is we weren't even aware of this in the year 2000. We just matched vibration and fell in love. And it's been an amazing love story. And we have a son. And we've been married 22 years. And it's interesting because since the year 2000, we've both been stepping into this life path number 11, self-mastery and what that is. So even for life path number 11, 22, 33s, those master numbers, there's a remembering and a knowing of self and stepping into that, the becoming, and for many of those, when they don't remember, they can be really self-destructive. So there's a remembering in this self-mastery. And so today, I want to introduce you to my husband of 22 years. We met in 1998, and we'll save that that story for maybe a future podcast. So let us know if you like this, and maybe I could convince him to come back for more. Ladies and gentlemen, my husband, Mike.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome uh, to the podcast. I'm happy to be here. Nervous <laughs> to be here.
0: Nervous excitement. <laughs> nervous excitement. Yes,
1: for, de- for sure, for sure. Uh, I am definitely that uh, master number 11 that is learning to embody the number. So, but... Ultimately, I'm happy to be here and have conversation and get to know everybody to some degree. And everybody get to know me and all these topics that are so interesting.
0: It's fascinating all the times that we have been in meditation together. But more importantly, having a drink, a cup of coffee in the morning and how Deep, we dive into conversation back to the very first night we actually not necessarily met. And again, uh, our, our story will have to be for another podcast, but the night that we really got to know one another and it was really unexpected. It was unplanned and we had the deepest conversations. And what I loved most is that you would talk to me about the universe and you would talk to me about things that other people wouldn't even discuss. And I love that about you, that even over a cup of coffee, we can talk about any and every topic and subject. And then what's even more fascinating is that we'll be inspired by some of the same things or the same thought at the same time, or we'll even be watching a documentary or listening to another podcast together. And at the same moment, we're like, yes, yes, yes. And most recently, I was, we were having a cup of coffee together as we do every morning, <laughs> multiple cups of coffee. And at the same time, we were thinking about this idea of disclosure and the planet earth and the crust of the earth. And I remember looking over and you were in deep thought and I asked you, and, and those of you here in the podcast, you'll soon realize my care is more of an introvert. I'm clearly the extrovert. However, I don't speak for him. And when no one is listening and the the crowd is small, Mike is brilliant. He's really the most intelligent person I've ever known on planet Earth. And he brings so much information forward, but he gets really nervous and camera shy. So we'll have to ease him into this.
1: (laughs) I like to say that I'm full of useless information.
0: (laughs) Not at all. And you know what's interesting is... He has been joining me over on the Clapper app because we have this Lucid Live Vibes community from the lives that I've been doing over the past year as a live streamer. And I've been on YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, and now on the Clapper app. And Clapper is putting social back into social media. And we have a community over there with a group. And there's this more social aspect. And he's still... (laughs) Takes more of a back seat, but he loves it, and he loves that community.
1: Absolutely, uh, I, I I tend to chime in when the time is right, <laughs> and when I feel most comfortable.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and. When we were having that cup of coffee, and this is recent, this is just recent since the disclosure podcast. And so Mike and I listened to my disclosure podcast together, actually. And he was just like, yes, yes, this is a great foundation. And shortly after we're having a cup of coffee, a day or two later, and I asked him about this deep thought and he says, the DNA, uh, in the earth crust. He's like, there's DNA in the Earth's crust. It opened the portal for the really a deep, pun intended, a deep dive into this thought around disclosure and maybe it not coming from the sky or UFOs, unidentified flying objects, or even extra, extraterrestrials that maybe. The disclosure, the knowing, is from the Earth's crust, and I, I said yes, 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 yes. Not only the disclosure aspect and what's in the the Earth's crust, but he also brought forward this idea of collective energy, energy within the Earth's crust, the soil. So I thought we could talk with Mike today about. Both thoughts, both both aspects, or like Lex Friedman likes to say, thought experiment. So I wanted to bring that forward with you today, Mike. Is really wanted to pick your brain here. Um, another pun intended. I'm just <laughs> a one 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 woman comedy show here um, about this idea that you were bringing forward about the DNA in the Earth's crust.
1: Yeah, it's uh, fascinating. I think it was revolving around thought processes of the Schumann residence and the, the vibration that the earth puts off and, and, uh, me and my wandering brain. If anybody ever sees me on social media, I'm the wandering dabbler. I'm also the wandering dabbler in my mind. I, I, uh, <clears throat> I go a lot of different ways and I just remember thinking of, all the organic material in the earth and and uh, the vibration that that puts off and the past vibrations and how that plays into collective energy and you know it's a it it, it was a rabbit hole for me and it still is it still is but yeah the DNA that we uh, all stand upon and work upon and meditate upon and is just is steeped in so much history and, and uh, past and it's just a, a gelling of vibrations for sure, for lack of a better word.
0: One thing that I've really picked up on through not only just, interactions with other humans (laughs) over my decades here on planet earth, but also through social media, through lives, through chats, um, and through my one-on-one coaching, really getting a feel for people of certain life path numbers. And it's fascinating because as I just was tuning into that, I looked at the timer here on our, our audio recorder here, and it was my birthday time, 1205. And I was talking about our life path number and the synchronicity there on my birthday, our life path number is determined by our birthday, the month, the day, the year. However, the month and the day and the year also have significance about our lives and hold so much information about us and confirmation And this idea of life path numbers, I have really come to feel for people that are 11s, 22s, and 33s. And this even came up in a chat with people that are life path 11, 22s, and 33s. And they identify with what I'm about to say, which is this desire for digging deep into the earth for bringing forward this knowing, uncovering the truth of planet earth. And I really feel that people like my husband, who's an 11, you know, I was born the 10. So it's a learning for me a becoming for this 11 where it's a remembering for him. And there's so many of you that are 11s, 22s and 33s. I have the, the absolute opportunity to know a child right now who is a master 22, and I am blown away by him and his mastery. I mean, at age eight, his ability to meditate, to balance himself, to know what he wants to manifest is incredible. And it's innate for him. And he's supported, but he knows this himself. It's inner knowing he remembers. And those of you that are Life Path 33s, many of you know that there's this truth within the crust of the earth, and you are digging into that and bringing that forward. And so Mike and I have been talking about this idea of the layers of the earth, but also he recently was bringing forward about the atmosphere, and I really want to invite him to talk about this with you and, and really invite you to picture the, the actual earth here, the size of it, you standing here on planet earth, how many miles down, how many miles up. So you can really feel for this planet earth experience that you're having, because what we're talking about is, is our earth where we are right now. So, Mike, tell us about the atmosphere and tell us about the Earth's crust. Like, how many miles are we talking about
1: here? Uh, Well, through one of those rabbit holes that I was going down, you know, you learn things you don't realize you didn't know. Uh, The atmosphere varies in distance uh, according to the poles and where you are. So if you're near the poles... The Earth's atmosphere is only about five and a half miles, roughly. Uh, I don't know how to convert that into kilometers for anybody listening outside of the U.S. Uh, but roughly five and a half miles high, if you will. And near the equator, it's almost, it's literally double that. It's like 11 miles, roughly, uh, high, so it's, it's an oblong atmosphere as long as well as an oblong earth, which I found fascinating. I had no idea it was like that. But, uh, yeah, so the uh, earth's crust is roughly 24 to 25 miles thick. So at any given point, I guess the, uh, the crust is at least double and then some. Uh, the depth or height, if you will, of the atmosphere. And that's just the thinnest aspect of our Earth. So those make up the very smallest parts, the deepest parts. Who knows what's all really down there, right?
0: Well, we talked about that in Florida. Florida goes so deep, those caves underneath Florida. And then on top of that there is a 7,000 year old ancient civilization in Miami that's sitting on a $200 million piece of property and it's a commercial property. And we have these ancient civilizations and these areas and caverns that run so deep in this idea of honeycomb earth and this inner earth. And when you really take into consideration uh, the distance that we are even from space, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just It's just right there. It's absolutely crazy. We're
0: so close to being out of the atmosphere.
1: I mean, if you consider a honeycomb Earth and the amount of space that you could have from ground to sky, if you will, could be...
0: Inside the earth.
1: Unbelievable. Like I, inside the earth? Yeah, inside the yeah. earth. For a, for a honeycomb earth scenario. Uh, with
0: bi, you said the other day a bioluminescence. Yeah, bioluminescence
1: everywhere. That could
0: look like stars. Light it
1: up. You'd have your own atmospheres in there. Plant life that, uh, we probably wouldn't even think of, or conceive of with bioluminescence. Uh, It would look like an atmosphere. It would look like another earth. And in my mind.
0: (laughs) And I, I really like to consider this idea. uh, Maybe a thought experiment for some of you, as we're talking about this idea of honeycomb earth or an inner earth. And we'll get back to the crust in a moment. We'll get back to the DNA and that collective energy in a moment, but let's dive deep for just a moment. As we go back in time And we go back to the Earth's crust when we're going to really peel back these layers. Where did humanity go? Where did civilizations go during these times of uh, apocalypse? Um, The times of when the dinosaurs became extinct. Maybe even those of you that have been into what Graham Hancock has been bringing forward about 12,500 years ago, as you open to different ideas and possible possibilities that are going to be brought forward by the layers of the earth, I want to just kind of open the idea and the thought here about where humanity, where civilization goes, where life goes during those, those times And so Mike and I have been having these moments of thoughts around that. And this idea of even, uh, the Lemurian vibrations that many people will feel that very much feel inner mountain, inner earth.
1: Right. Uh, people, I think if, uh, Graham Hancock, we love Graham Hancock, Randall Carlson, we love Randall Carlson, uh, the idea to just think outside of the box with fact and science is uh, not looked upon highly at this stage in life, okay. if that makes any sense. Um, you know, in, in terms of where did civil civilization go, there was a, it's becoming agreed upon in most science circles now that there was definitely a cataclysmic of Event, You know, roughly 12,500 to 11,000 years ago, that would have been considered an extinction event.
0: Well, and there's many stories um, around the planet over many times over flood, the flood story, whether it's Noah or different flood stories. And you can clearly see you and I talk about it when we go to Oklahoma. There's um, the Wichita Mountains. It clearly, you can see a flood occurred. So even these the floods around the planet,
1: yeah. you know. Atlantis, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the biblical, it could, it could speak to the oceans. So I, I think it's scientific now that there's oceans larger than the oceans that we see under the Earth's crust. So water pushing up from under the <laughs> under the crust, and, and, that's, what not so and that's what I'm so far fetched.
0: And that's why I'm asking about Florida for sure. There's something there. There's these these uh, the the divers that go deep.
1: Mm-hmm. The well, which divers that go deep
0: into the caves.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know what their names are exactly, but yes. They've been really yes.
0: exploring Florida yes, because uh, it's so deep. They can go so far. It's – it talk about a rabbit hole. That Florida is fascinating. And I was born in Florida. And – you know, again, that's for another story. I was born in a, in a naval hospital in Florida in the seventies. So we'll talk about the secret space program and the Navy in another podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but there's definitely something going on in Florida. And it's fascinating to me because there's quite a few people in my coaching program that are in Florida and feel this. And so I've been having a lot of conversations about what's going on in Florida. And I think that it's, truly magical. And these are ancient civilizations that are coming forward. So I have talked often about my idea of Atlantis. There is this capital, what Plato brings forward, what it's, it's exciting because people like Jimmy Corsetti and even, uh, Joe Rogan has had Jimmy Corsetti on. And of course, Randall Carlson and Graham Hancock, but, this idea of the eye of the Sahara being the actual capital that Plato's speaking of, of Atlantis. And so I feel there's an Atlantean vibration all over planet earth, along with a Lemurian vibration all over planet earth. And there are so many ancient civilizations that are Atlantean and Lemurian and that are this high vibrational, uh, planet earth experience And we are since 2012 entering back into this higher vibrational part of the universe, and we can tap back into that. And I think that's why that's coming forward. Again, this is just my opinion here. I brought a little of this forward in the disclosure at the end. And so when we think about Atlantis, from my perspective, I just like to remind everyone that there are so many perspectives. We all bring forward different perspectives, and I believe there are so many Atlantean civilizations and Lemurian civilizations. But I do believe the Eye of the Sahara, the I the always shot the Rashad structure and the Rashad structure. You can Google Earth this, Google Maps this. Look it at it. And I believe that it looks like the eye of Ra and I believe it is Atlantis and it shows all the signs of a flood. And I've been there through meditation and I do believe it's connected with Lemuria and inner earth. And so I believe that that is the capital, the original Atlantis that Plato speaks of. And I'm excited that people are wanting to know more. However, I also know it's linked to Egypt. And I also am fascinated by what's going on in the Amazon. And I love this idea of LiDAR, this LiDAR technology and the Amazon. And so there's a lot going on between all these areas, whether it's Africa, Egypt, the Amazon. Florida. (laughs) There's so many. Antarctica is a whole nother discussion. Antarctica and the Nazis in World War II. That's a whole nother discussion. Um, but this one, I I would like to bring forward this idea of these civilizations in the timeline around catastrophic events and where did they go thought around that?
1: Yeah, my, uh, I'm a Gen Xer. I was born in the 70s. Uh, my whole life growing up, I had a timeline of millions and millions and millions and millions of years between the last cataclysm and the one that occurred or, and, uh my life up to this point. And up until recently, to hear about another one that's on the same scale, it's for, for, uh, research purposes for anybody. It's the younger Dryas effect. Um, it happened and we evolved quickly <laughs> somehow. We either evolved very quickly after so being wiped out or we were, we were already somewhere or, you know, your, your brain can go crazy with this. It,
0: the time frame that you're speaking of, the younger giants, this would be twelve thousand five hundred years. Yeah, I believe. Roughly.
1: I believe in fact, check this for your own, you know, your own research purposes. But I believe somewhere between eleven thousand and twelve and a half thousand, if you want to say thirteen thousand, give it a two thousand year.
0: And then Atlantis, if we were to pop forward, um, many believe Atlantis was eleven thousand six hundred, eleven thousand eight hundred. Hundred years ago.
1: I believe, yes.
0: Right. And then, so how amazing that's so close in time
1: to destruction. Yes. Atlantis. And then,
0: and the then, flood. Right. <laughs> and so to bring forward again about Atlantis, at the same time, and, and I love that you were talking about the polar and the axis of the earth, right? And the atmosphere there. Because if you Talk about Atlantis, and a lot of people are talking about when whatever happened with Atlantis that caused that and the flooding there and the destruction of Atlantis. Most
1: likely Younger Dryas in my mind. Well, something happened
0: on the exact other side of the planet at the same time. And so that is fascinating, that's another rabbit hole to dive into. And I believe that Jimmy Corsetti over at Bright Insight on YouTube brought that forward as well. That something happened at the same time on the other side of the planet. So it is connected. It is all connected. And I think that's if we would to get, get our minds out of compartmentalizing everything.
1: You got me wanting to research more stuff. Just talking here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. It's fascinating. (laughs) When you allow yourself to just have these conversations, it opens something else. Again, I always talk about the key as being open.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: The epiphany, the aha, the whoa, really? And then now you're in another rabbit hole. Another rabbit hole.
1: Back in the day, we'd call it a paradigm shift.
0: That's what it is. Absolutely. You know, these false beliefs... The false beliefs. And that's another thing is um, for Mike and I, we were very much a part of Christianity and religion. And we always talked about how we were just followers of Jesus. And um, really, now that we look back, there it was religion and a lot of beliefs that we had that were keeping us from diving deep. And having these conversations before. And even when we would talk about from a perspective of Christianity, we would talk about the time frame of the earth in a different way. Like our worldview was different. Yes. And it was limited based on those beliefs, just like in academia, or whatever the system of the earth is, when you buy into that thinking, someone else's thinking, as opposed to being open to discovery. And what I think is fascinating is a lot of these people that we're talking about that are bringing forward this information, they're not from the academia. They're reporters. They're investigators. They're they are people that are seekers and uncovering what's being hidden.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. They're. Um... Like almost like investigative journalists, in a in a sort, they're passionate about the fields that they're passionate about, and they dive head into it, headstrong into it, and. Uh,
0: they don't have an agenda. They don't like. They're not trying. They don't have to fit into any boxes. They don't have to. Nothing has to fit right.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's a
0: discovery.
1: It's a, It doesn't have to be political in nature. It doesn't have to be one side or another. It doesn't have to be like that. It's just being open to what science can say in an alternative, which I hate to use that word, but you know, in a different point of view.
0: Right. Allowing yourself yourself to just be open to different perspectives, different thoughts, different self-guidance. How does your you know, that gut instinct? That's part of the rabbit hole. And that's also part of this idea of life path numbers. You know, we all feel for things differently. We all have intuition. We all have access to all the psychic abilities. That's what I love about Jesus. <laughs> Mike likes to talk about Jesus being this real man.
1: Yeah, I like the factual side of things, the, uh, the indisputable things, if you will. So I hate when you hear people talk about Jesus as if he was a mythical person. Uh you know, that's just factually incorrect. So once you realize that, I think that's that's a paradigm shift for a lot of people. I know it was for me. Well, the word, spi- the
0: word spiritual is a big paradigm shift, I think, for a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of people that are very spiritual that don't want to talk about psychic abilities. Everything is intuitive, spiritual intuitiveness. And there's judgment put on it. But all judgment is self-judgment for ourselves. And so... I love it that you you know what Jesus is about and that master 11 in you loves Jesus and loves that master 33 that Jesus was and is that enlightenment and that earth mastery. And he was here during a lower vibrational time. Mm -hmm. And I believe as a life path 11, you were too. And you've mastered this earth and you came back to become this master builder of 22 and the master 33 that Jesus is and was. And you tap into that and you know, it's self mastery and your love and appreciation for Jesus and the mirror effect that Jesus has on you is powerful because you too, like myself, are able to see that it's not a spiritual thing. It's a Human thing, it's oh, yeah. a universal thing, it's a planet earth thing. It's, it's just
1: an alchemy thing, <laughs>
0: yeah. You know,
1: Jesus felt the alchemy of it all, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe as Master 11s, 22s, 33s, you really feel the alchemy of it all.
0: And there's no need for this word spiritual because it just is life, it just is the way it is. It's not as it's just it is.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> A vibration imagine what that vibration looks like with all of that DNA under your feet and uh, all of that DNA just vibrating at the same time in this planet between the water and the ground and the life moving around and the birds and the what kind of vibration that shoots off into this unknown if you will universe If you believe there's people, I mean, uh, uh, other beings out there, they feel that vibration for sure. I'm sure they do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting to really think about this idea of vibration, energy, DNA, and the past of it all. And the collectiveness and the collectedness, right? The layers of the earth. And you can look at this from so many different perspectives. And so I like to bring forward that Jesus was a real man that performed these real miracles. And he was also here during a lower vibrational time. So I like to go back to this time of Atlantis. So I'd like to take you back like 11,600 years ago, 11,500 years ago, maybe even just 11,000 years ago. And then we entered into this lower vibrational time of the universe this is when Jesus was here and there was a lot of struggle and mercy needed and it was harsh and heavy and it was dimensional and it was a matter of matter and density. So it was heaviness and the words are heavy, the control, right? And so now I believe in the year 2012, as many people can feel this, there was a shift and this is actually scientifically proven as well. We're in a higher vibrational part of the universe now, and many of us are bringing in and tuning in this higher vibrational words and thoughts, and there's a shifting out, a paradigm shifting out of what was, and so things were different before the year 2012. Absolutely, and many of us are bringing forward new information, but it's actually information that's here in the planet, in the crystals, and that many of us are tuning into this energy that was before the struggle and the hardship. And so when we talk about collective energy, many paranormal people tune into energy in spaces and places. Um, what can feel like maybe a spirit being is just stored energy, dowsing rods, uh, willow branches, uh, people that can douse for water and treasure and energy and gold all of that's real and you can feel the energy in places and spaces and reoccurring events and that energy is held. So I'm one that doesn't tune into collective energy because I create my own energy and this earth energy is heavy and dense for me. It's been better since 2012, but I really am a higher lighter vibration. And so my husband here is a master of this earth and he can kind of balance that energy and help me balance that out. But there is this energy shift and it really is beginning to make a lot of sense of what we're all feeling.
1: Yeah. I think it can apply different to everybody. You know, I wonder as, as a master 11 and being so grounded and, and, uh, earth bound, if you will, uh,
0: the storm chaser, the mountaineer, the no fear kind of guy. As
1: we as we go as we go into this higher vibrational uh aspect of our universe, you know, it does that weigh heavier, if you will, on uh somebody who's so grounded <laughs> going to a higher vibration. Uh I don't know, one of the random things in my thought process, I think. <clears throat>
0: There is a shifting. There is a shifting. There's a purging and a shifting. And I'm one of those people that is purging and shifting words and vocabulary. And it's funny because you're a master of words. You're a wordsmith. You're like, you are the spelling bee champion of the universe. It's amazing. (laughs) Like, you know, everything. You're so intelligent. And I am... I am not a master of words or any of that language. I feel everything. Everything is vibrational. I see it all. I feel it all. And so it's funny because I'm like, did you see that? Did you feel that? And you're like, no, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we're so off sometimes, but we appreciate that about one another. And we trust and believe in one another.
1: I say opposites attract all the time with us.
0: But then, when you see our numbers, it makes such it makes sense.
1: It's a magnetic completion.
0: <laughs> yes, and <laughs> unconditional love for sure. Absolutely. Um, I think because we knew what love wasn't, and then when we met, we couldn't explain, and it was just a vibrational yes now. And unfortunately, we didn't allow ourselves at a young age to run off and be free spirited. And we learned some things the hard way. And that's okay. That's okay. And so 22 years of being married, it's interesting because 22 is master builder. And we feel like we're now, after knowing what the self mastery of the 11 is, We both feel like we're moving into this master builder 22 and we lean on one another. So for me, he filters all of the earth information for me that's heavy and dense. And I just don't want to carry and be a part of, and I do vote (laughs) and, um, I do participate in earth things and earth energy, but I can't be a part of the collective energy because I feel it all. And so I pick and choose what I want to tune into. This is why I mine crystals. This is why I create the meditative content that I do and I coach people. And so you don't have to tune into the stuff that's heavy for you. Just like for him, he wants to tune into this stuff. He is an earth
1: watchman.
0: He, he is involved in what's happening in earth.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I take on in my mind kind of the the and this is for our relationship I guess and I'm sure there's other people that are going to be like this but the the politics and the and the heaviness and the, the news and and the so, not the social media necessarily because I'm really not a huge fan of social media ironically enough but I take on that that aspect of things and just recently uh she was you know my wife was having some problems and i said you know what come here give it to me and i wrapped her up and i absorbed it and i felt it and i threw that shit to the ground and you know i think that's an ability that i have i think that's an ability that a lot of people have and uh, that's one way i i can support which is nice
0: Absolutely. I can, you know, I keep saying that the psychic abilities are a choice. Well, being empathic is part of our intuition, but, you know, there's a lot of the psychicness that is empathic and it's a choice. And through my coaching and the community that we've created with Lucid Life of Vibes across all these platforms, I do occasionally pick up and carry the energy of others and support because they really need it. And I want to be there and lift them high. And I feel that sometimes. I feel that sometimes because I am compassionate and I love people and I want to hold space and lift them up. And it gets heavy for me sometimes too. And I have to remind myself to let it go and go higher and lighter and that I'm also shifting. And so while, while I am a higher vibration and I am very different and I don't fit in and I didn't come to fit in, I came to, to shift the words, to ch- shift the vibration. It feels amazing to be supported by somebody like my husband who is grounded, is knowing, and has mastered this earth, even in the low vibration. And there's wisdom and knowledge and security in that. And I value that. And so I value all the life path numbers. I value all, all of the experience, all the perspectives. And I think it's important that we all share our story because there are so many perspectives. And right now, our vibration is enough. The confidence in who we are is enough. We're all shifting. We're all shifting everything. I mean, it, it was so hidden for so long and there was a disconnect and illusion that it was more than matter and everything is matter. It's that simple and you should kiss yourself and keep it simple because everything is over complicated and that creates chaos and confusion. And so if you just kiss yourself and keep it simple and remember, it's a matter of matter. We're all shifting because it's all energy and it's all vibration. And so many of us were not taught that. We were taught other people's thoughts, other people's words. It was controlling. And many of us are shifting out of that. And doubt, I think, is all of our kryptonite. I mean, we all have doubt, even the Master 11s.
1: Oh, yes, for sure. (laughs) You know,
0: part of being the Master 11, 22, and 33 is those that don't know who they are can be incredibly self-destructive. And they can also think it's about mastering other people. And so... Part of being the whatever life path number you are is knowing, the self-knowing and the confidence in who you are and embracing that, becoming that. And there's a remembering. So it's not like, oh, I'm a life path, whatever. I'm a master. I'm a master teacher. I'm a master of others. I'm a master, you know, it's confidence in you as a self-master, the alchemy of self know what's going on in the mind what's going on in the heart what you know what's happening
1: well now a time uh now is a time where mastering self is more important than ever with technology the way that it's going
0: and that's the perfect segue into you know talk about the collective energy that's held right the dna of the past all of the layers of the earth i mean Mike and I talk about these missing layers of the earth. There are missing layers of the earth, billions of years missing from the earth. Research it. It's true.
1: Along with missing layer of information.
0: There's missing layers of information, missing layers of the earth, missing layers of information. And the Akashic records are a totally different uh, podcast. I would love to talk about that. That's in a radiation cloud around the earth. And, uh, I, I tune into the quantum energy, not into the radiation and the Akashic records, but we can talk about that. I've been there and it's a great conversation, but that's not what we're tuning into right now. And I think it's fascinating that when we can meditate and quiet our minds, even remote view, astral project, astral travel, lucid dream, again, meditate, our higher self is always connected to the infinite knowledge, the infinite wisdom. It's always streaming to us, the abundance, the self-guidance. That's what this is all about is self-mastery. But let's talk about this missing, the missing layers. And let's talk about AI. You have been following this timeline around chat, GPT, and what's been going on. And I would love for you to kind of give this perspective of this timeline of what's been going on with chat, GPT and the AI technology.
1: Uh, it's fascinating. It's uh, scary. It's a, uh, it's jaw dropping. It's, it's everything you can think of all kind of tied into one. It's, I'm going to, I'm going to preface everything again with being a Gen Xer, if you will, that, uh our generation was the very beginning of video games. Our, our generation was the very beginning of technology, like real computerization and, and, uh, autoness of things. Uh, AI. And these new things that are coming out are happening at such a rapid pace that I feel like I'm being left behind. And I'm a guy that likes to research and likes to kind of keep up with what's going on. And it's evolving so fast. It's just, it's fascinating. And when I say it's probably now is the best, is the best time to get in touch with yourself, reality can almost get a little lost with this artificial intelligence. And truth and falsities and misinformation and the terms disinformation and just all of this stuff. It's, uh, it, I'm, I'm trying to play catch up as fast as I can. And it's, uh, it's fascinating. (laughs) You want information. It's a, it's definitely a way to get information.
0: Well, as things are moving forward and I'm going to, Invite Mike to share a little bit of some of the words here around chat GPT and the timeline of how it came forward. Just so maybe um, you have some words that you can further research in different areas so it's not too overwhelming. However, I think it's interesting that we don't have to, you know, like I keep saying, Mike filters this stuff that I don't want to know about that I don't get involved in. I haven't been involved in the ai i don't tune into it at all i tune into planet earth and other things in the universe and so while he has been following chat gpt and the ai i have been following along with what's going on in the earth's crust prior to when we entered into this lower vibrational time so i've been tuning into these lemurian and atlantean vibrations I've been tuning in to kind of the opposite of AI and maybe even what AI was in Atlantis and Lemurian times and other versions of this in the universe so that I can have a universal understanding and a higher vibrational, uh, higher dimensional perspective of even planet Earth. So I am not in this fear vibration around any of it because I'm tuning in to different, different knowledge, different wisdom, enlightenment, inspiration. And that's what I'm bringing forward. And so this is again, why we are a perfect match and balance here vibrationally is he can filter that. And a lot of uh, life path sevens, The seeker along with the eights and the nines, the eights are the influencer, the nines, the sage can also filter information really well and be unaffected by it. And it's heavy for me. And so I'm not tuning into that so that. I know AI is going to be a reality because it already is. It's already writing papers for people. It's already writing, like it's going to replace jobs. It's you're not going to know what is authentic. And again, the word reality is a loop back to the word real. So the word reality and real actually don't have a meaning or a definition in our current language. It's just a word loop. It's a word loop. I like to, it's just what it is. It doesn't mean anything. And so authentic being authentic and human might be a new terminology. Like we might be using the word human more than ever because is mm-hmm. it going to be AI artist? Is it an AI author? Isn't it? A, so we might be calling things human more than we ever were before. So I'm tuning in to all of this, Enlightenment and higher vibration from the universe around this and even planet Earth, specifically, even the crystal line core of the Earth, um, to balance this AI technology out. So I don't have fear because I know it's going to be a balance and it's going to be okay. But could you tell them a little bit more about even like this, uh, the baby chat and like the, that kind of timeline you were sharing with me?
1: Yeah, well, as I started getting fascinated by it and realizing I needed to try to catch up and I'm still I'm still really far behind. I've, I was never really a technological type of person, but the the chat GPT uh, wasn't born too long ago. uh and it's like, a, imagine a super enhanced search engine where it can answer any question and and that type of stuff. But it, it it's goes in the form of like a personality. So it's as if you're communicating with somebody, but it has all the information that you need. And very quickly, it, it learned on its own through you know, I'm not a coder, I don't know how all that stuff works, but it, it learned how to correct its mistakes and, and get better and better and better. And so new versions have come out. and I think they're up to chat GPT4 now. The last I heard was Chat GPT5 was not coming right now because they're just building off of Chat GPT4. But because of Chat GTP4, which I don't I'll be honest, I don't even know what GTP stands for. Uh, in my mind, it's irrelevant. As long as you know what it is, that's relevant. Um, it it spawned very quickly into something, two new things called uh, auto-GTP, uh, which is basically a GTP that runs by itself. So you give it tasks to do, uh, you know, like write a paper about... Uh, Graham Hancock. And you give it a a set of parameters on what it should do. And it will complete that task and it'll write it in whatever form you want it to be. You know, that's just a, a really small example. But the idea behind that is that you give it a task. It creates what they call, what it calls agents to go out and set a list of tasks that it needs to do to reach that goal. And it uh, just starts doing it, and it runs on a loop. It never stops forever. So constantly. it's
0: creating agents.
1: Yeah, it's what uh, uh, the way it was put to me when I was researching, and it's it's a maybe a fearful way to look at it. But the movie, The Matrix, where you have Agent Smith uh, running around, and he has a goal, obviously, in that movie. If you've seen it. And he's not going to stop. He's just going to continue and continue and continue and continue and evolve as needed until that task is completed. And that's, in effect, what this does, but it's more on an informational scale right now. So you give it the task, it creates agents, the agents go out and start working on it. Uh, If it finds errors in its own code... Uh, as it's going around, it'll stop and correct itself and rewrite its own code. So it's code just, it's writing it. its
0: own code. It's writing and, itself.
1: Uh, and so, yeah. And it comes up with its own tasks and will create more agents if needed to complete those tasks. And it just does it on its own. It just continues. So
0: chat, chat GPT has just been writing itself this whole time and evolving itself
1: for uh, its own code. I don't know if it's uh, the, the, <laughs> this is where my lack of information comes in because uh, this is where I start realizing I'm way behind in what I thought I knew technologically.
0: Uh, <laughs> Maybe we all are.
1: Yeah. This is a lot of people say to me, Oh, you're so smart. You have all this information. You know, it's like, well, no, I just, I spend a little bit of extra time learning a little bit more than most people know. And and I have a whole lot of that in my head. This is where
0: well, (laughs) you balance that with meditation.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. And
0: you do quiet your mind and you do receive.
1: Well, and that's a lot of the, the yin and the yang of you and me and the, the, the opposites attracting. And uh, that's where you come in a lot for me, helping me to unground. And if you will, and to, lighten up and be of a higher vibration and higher mind and and realize who I really am outside of this earthly master 11 that I put myself into I feel
0: (laughs) you know I was thinking today if there was a way that I needed to define myself a lot of people want me to define myself right now and I'm challenged by that but I think I just remind people that they are a vessel for their higher self, and I think that's what I do is just remind you that you are just this vessel for a higher being of you.
1: I agree. Yes.
0: And this you, that's the vessel, has some memory and knowing and mastery of this planet, and when you can put that together, and you know you're the gateway.
1: I'm tied to a lot of that DNA that's beneath my feet.
0: <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> yes. I love that. So I want to challenge all of you with being the seeker, being the self-master, and digging deep into the earth and discovery this year of the rabbit holes. And I want to invite you guys to join the Lucid Life Vibes Patreon community, the 1111 network, where you can get social. We can discuss these podcasts. We're also over on Clapper and YouTube at Lucid Life Vibes. You can join us on the Clapper radio shows and Clapper Lives. And I just want to thank Spotify for all of the support. Thank you for being here. Thank you to Mike.
1: Thanks for having me. It was fun to be here, I'll admit. I was nervous, but it was fun.
0: I'll get them back. I'll get them back. I'd love to hear back from you guys on this one. I'll see you next time here at Lucid Live Vibes.